0: What's up, tribe? It is Michael Fleming coming at you with yet another episode of Find Your Voice, where we talk about continually improving the health, wealth, and relationships of your dental practice. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about media. Okay, what does that mean, media? Well, I think if uh, you've read the book, you know exactly where I'm going with this. But in today's episode, I wanted to talk briefly on taking your message to market and the various types of media that we have available to us to get your message out to the general public or to your prospective patients uh, and or even existing patients, right? And so if you've read my book, you know I'm a big believer in a multidimensional or a multimedia approach. Uh, So much of our, quote, dental marketing, end quote, media that's available to us is all surrounded around digital marketing but there's so many different types of media available to us that are so relevant to certain types of demographics or different types of populations that it really behooves us to become aware of them and especially as more and more of your competitors get sucked down to this one-dimensional digital approach it really behooves you to pick your head up and look at the other types of media that also influence people as well. So what I mean by that is I'm not telling you not to have a digital focus. In fact, if you've been listening to me or or you're familiar with me, you know very well that kind of the core fundamentals that we have in our advertising approach is your website or your online approach, right? As well as your direct response approach right so almost two different veins almost two different forks off of a a river right where one is that digital approach which includes your website which includes your funnels which includes your uh, on-page and off-page search engine optimization you know your social media a lot of that media is really good for when people are looking to fetch information, right? So think about the patient, the person that's waiting until something hurts before then they're like, dang, I need to get in and see the dentist. That is definitely when someone is going to be looking for information, right? They're gonna be seeking that information. And so many of our our prospective patients or existing patients are using their digital devices to find this information, right? And for me personally, it's gonna be my iPhone, right? If something hurts or if I need something right now, I'm gonna pick up my iPhone. I'm going to search for it uh, as opposed to the other fork off the river is the direct response. And so envision uh, direct mail, for example. This is a massive one, especially in dentistry, where this is probing into someone's household and they're not asking for this information, right? They are truly just going through their mail sort, and then they see something that's like, oh, here's an, here's an invitation for me to take action with this dentist and oh look it they're offering a an exam cleaning an x-ray special for ninety-nine dollars or whatever that is you know it's some kind of exchange of value that entices them to want to take action to come to your practice. And they're in a situation where they're not hurting, they're not looking for that information, but they have it in front of them and it's a reminder that oh my gosh, obviously I need to have this done because your products and services as a dentist are relevant to one hundred percent Of the population right and so this is a great way for you to put that message out in front of people that you know a hundred percent of them need your service and so we know that but not a hundred percent of the people are going to take action on this right and so this is why we do this direct response media in addition to having a good strong online presence so i just say this right now because there's so many people that are mistaking digital media for dental marketing, marketing. If you go onto Google right now and you Google dental marketing, it, I would imagine that the first 10 responses that pop up are going to be focused around, or at least the, the top nine out of 10 are going to be focused around digital marketing or digital media, right? And I liken this to going and asking the butcher what's for dinner, right? We're going to get a one dimensional response. We go to the butcher and ask what's for dinner. He's going to tell us he or she's going to tell us that it's going to be protein on center of plate tonight, right? Whether that's going to be poultry, pork, beef, whatever that is, but it's going to be meat if we're asking the butcher what's for dinner, right? Very similar that if we're consulting the internet on what's the best approach for our dental marketing, it's going to be digital solutions, right? We're consuming a digital media and obviously all of these companies that are competing against each other are going to be optimizing uh, as well. And so they're going to show up in that top 10 and so you're going to get these digital marketing solutions, right? And they're gonna try and tell you that, you know, there's it's multidimensional in the sense of, oh, we handle your, your blogging. Oh, we handle your social media. Oh, we handle your website. Oh, we handle your funnels. Oh, and it's almost like these niches within the digital, but they're trying to call them their own sub-markets, right? Or their own sub-media. When the reality of it is, is as much as that is true, I'm asking you to pick your head up and look even higher than that. You know, you need to absolutely have a strong digital presence so that when people are seeking that information and trying to create that pull of information, that you are accessible and that you're there. But I also want you to be thinking of that push type of media, right? And that's what we're going to talk about today is the different types of media that are available to you so that you can best optimize your media mix, right? And I go into great detail in my book, Dental Marketing, Find Your Voice, but I wanted to talk to you high level about the various types of media that are available to you and the certain types of situations and or demographics that these different media might be most relevant to. Does that make sense? So let's get started. But in fact, let's get started with the digital media. Uh, this is a great segment because it is, as much as I got through telling you that you don't want to get sucked down the one-dimensional, it is incredibly important that you have a presence online so that your prospective patients and existing patients have access to find you when they need you. And so in my book, Dental Marketing, Find Your Voice, I go in great detail in the different sections or subsections or submedia you can really dive into, but let's just keep it high level on this, because again, we want to start with our website to make sure that we've got a good sound website. And even if it's just a single page scroll, it doesn't need to be super deep, but it needs to be clean. It needs to have a good foundation. It needs to be updated. It needs to be taken care of, right? If we're we're big believers in the WordPress CMS uh, as a content management system, and the reason we're such big believers in that is that it's easy for us to manage on our flywheel servers, and it's great because it gives us the opportunity to automate our updates, uh, whether it's the updates of the plugins, whether it's the updates of the widgets, uh, whether it's the updates of the overall core. Uh, it also helps us with the updates of our PHP. And all of these things are kind of the foundation of how your website is working. If any of these things that I just mentioned are outdated or they're not working properly, uh, they could impact the speed of your website. And obviously, when Google is indexing your website and it sees that it's a slow website, it's going to lower it down in its organic search rankings because what it's trying to do is offer the best search experience for its user, for its end user. And if it sees that your website is slow or outdated or it hasn't had content updated in a long time, it's going to really drop that search engine rank because it wants to provide a website that is updated and is taken care of and does have fresh content and that way it sees it as a higher authority and it's going to see it as a higher ranking so in addition to the foundation i kind of got ahead of myself a little bit when i alluded that content is important as well because that's a critical factor as well in addition to having a good solid core foundation we need to have updated content And that content can be content within a web page. It can be content within blog posts. And obviously within those blog posts, you can have links back to cornerstone content throughout the website as well. So if you've got like a certain page that is really dedicated to Invisalign, for example, you could have blog posts that are talking about Invisalign, the benefits of Invisalign, testimonials from Invisalign that point to that content. They call that cornerstone content. And Google really enjoys that and other search engines really enjoy seeing that type of structure, the way that that's laid out. And so it's really important for us to have that in mind because we will often embark on a website project, we'll spend a ton of time, effort and money to get that website built out. But then what winds up happening is that we just let it sit there. So I've got a couple clients specifically in mind where we built an amazing website for them it was state of the art when we built this thing like a year and a half ago but then when it was done like they just kind of walked away and they left it up they kind of said all right good we have that website now and we're feeling good and it hasn't been updated in like a year and a half now granted I think we've gone in and we've done some core updates and some plug-in updates just to make sure that uh, it's functioning well if anything, for for selfish reasons, because we still use it as a, uh, a portfolio piece when we're talking with other clients, because we love the way this website works, but they don't believe in taking care of their website. And of course, if you Google this uh, dentist or this region dentist, right? So say, for example, it was New York City dentist, you know, what, what once showed up first page top five is now probably page three or four, just because it hasn't been updated, right? Now the cores are being updated and the plugins are being updated, but because of no fresh content, that it's really suffering. And you can see that mapped out over time, just how it kind of dwindles down, as opposed to other clients that we have that will even have much simpler websites and really bare bones, you know, back to that analogy that I had of the single page scroll, that they are updating content or we are doing blog posts for, they're getting to first page and they're staying there because their content is continually being updated. And so this is something that's just really important for you to be doing. You know another thing that is important for you is your your social media that is important because it helps keep that connection with your existing patients and your prospective patients and obviously if you're using that in conjunction with your patients so imagine you're inside of your practice you're taking pictures of a patient that they're obviously with their permission but then you're tagging them and it gives them the opportunity for them to comment on that. And then, of course, their friends are seeing that and that kind of organically grows. So we're big fans in, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, making sure that you've got connections on those with your business as well, because, again, even if prospective patients or existing patients aren't directly engaging with that content, your search engine is. And so it really helps increase your ranking as an authority in that subject or in that region by having all of these different connections and links and backlinks, if that makes sense. Um, another thing, you know, while we're talking about the digital media is there's such a massive movement towards uh, ads and specifically like Google ads, for example. And what we're seeing though is kind of a misuse of this because what's happening is they're doing these AdWords, but then what they're doing is they're sending people or these prospective patients or these people that are literally interested in their offer to a general web page and they're losing off right there. Right. And so this is a, a great opportunity for people to learn that sales process of how people engage and how they get interested with your message. So, for example, if you were going to be doing a campaign on let's go back to the Invisalign example. Right. We're offering, you know, $100 off the procedure or whatever that is, free x-rays or free exam, free consult- consultation, whatever that uh, appropriate uh, exchange of value is. And we have a, a Google ad campaign and they click on that and it takes you to your general website, but then there's no connection. Right? If the first thing they don't if the first thing that they don't see is the Invisalign offer, they're going to get lost. They're going to feel lost and then they're going to close that window, right? So this creates that opportunity for that sales funnel page, right? Or that landing page where if they click on an Invisalign offer, they go to an Invisalign page. And at that point, then we can encourage them to take action however we want them to take action, right? So we've talked a little bit about uh, digital. Uh, Again, that's a a big pull content. That, That is often when people are seeking that information or they're online and they're looking at other information that is similar and that will be pushed to them as opposed to other media that is uh, push content, right? Where we are pushing content to them. And so the first one that is going to come out of my mouth again is direct mail because this is such a great opportunity for you to get your message in front of prospective patients, but to get your message in front of the right prospective patients. So an example of this would be if we were doing a general dentistry offer, right? Obviously, this is gonna be general, this is gonna be relevant to 100% of the population. And people are going to be able to engage with this and see the exchange of value. And then at that point, if it's relevant for them, they will take action. And if it's not relevant for them, they won't take action. But what's nice about this is, since it's relevant to everyone, you can get this on a constant drip. And even though, you know, 98% of the people may not engage with this piece at this time. A, there is a good chance that they will hang on to this piece and take action on it later. Or when you touch them again, you know, the next round, which is two to three months out, you know, they've become familiar with their brand and there's trust and there's authority in that. And so we just need to be present so that when they're ready to take action, they take action again. So this is completely different from like a yellow page type of interaction or the, the internet where people are seeking information because they're an outpatient and they need that information. This is more of, we're really catching them when they're not expecting to talk about or think about dentistry whatsoever. We're just there to gently remind them, hey, you need this. And so that's relevant to everyone. And obviously we can mail that out to everyone. Direct mail also gets really interesting though when we're able to target our demographics or select our demographics based on the message that we're looking at sharing with a certain segment of population so for example if we were looking at doing a direct mail piece or promoting a campaign for implant dentistry this gives us the opportunity to select what target audience is most relevant for implant dentistry so for example if we decided that our target demographic was male and females age 45 to 65 year old, we're really able to target the households which we are mailing these. So we have our message, we know our desired demographic, but the nice thing about direct mail is now we can go and target these households that contain these males and females that are 45 to 65 year old, really maximizing our spend. So a general dentistry piece, we can be mailing to everybody. So whether it's the 22 year old who's working at Starbucks or the 72 year old who's about to retire from their stockbroker firm, whatever, you know, that's general to everybody. As opposed to, you know, if we're looking at just targeting 45 to 55 to year old or 65 year old male and female, we can hyper target that and really focus on just those households, therefore maximizing your spending, getting more pieces out based on that so this is just a great way to target our demographic it's a great way to think about who this message is relevant for and this is why i talk about this because it gives us the opportunity to pick our message pick our demographic that is most likely to respond to this message and then be able to target them with the right message in the right right homes at the right time and so this is a great message and this kind of segues into the different media that we're going to talk about really high level right now because it gives us the opportunity to start thinking about who's going to be interacting with this demographic. A great example of this would be newspaper. You know, when is the last time you picked up a newspaper? I know for me, it's probably been a good four months since I picked up a newspaper. And when I picked up that newspaper, it was probably pretty transient, meaning I was probably in Chicago uh, waiting for an Uber to come pick me up, and I was in the lobby of a hotel and I happened to grab the sports section of the newspaper. Uh, But really, I don't interact with the newspaper. I'm not that target demographic. But think about the people that are that target demographic who do use the newspaper. Uh, Would you imagine that they're a younger audience or that they're older? What would you imagine their education level is, right? And I'm not even giving you the answer right now. I'm going to ask you just based on your experience, you know, the last time you saw someone reading a newspaper, were they younger? Were they older? Did they look educated? Did they look like they had money? Right? And so, and again, I'm not even asking, leading questions on here because the nice thing about newspaper is that there is a a pretty broad spectrum as to who is using newspaper. And I do go into great detail on this in my book as well. But the nice thing about the newspaper is that there are certain sections that are relevant. So, there's sections of the res- the newspaper that are even relevant, relevant to me. So, for example, my interests, I'm a huge sports fan. And so, obviously, the sports section of any newspaper would be more interesting to me than, say, the home and garden section of a newspaper. Uh, the business section would be more interesting to me uh, right now than, say, the classified section would be because re- I'm not really on the market for anything right now. But... If I'm looking for a house or I'm looking for a job or I'm looking for a car, obviously the classifieds exist. And so those might be relevant based on certain types, right? And so the reason I say this is because as you have a marketing message, as you've got an advertising message, newspaper can absolutely be relevant to you based on you know the product or service that you're offering. So for example, back to our, uh, say we have an implant offering and we're looking to really promote our implant procedures and whether maybe the exchange of value is dollars off, or maybe <clears throat> it's a free consultation or free x-rays or whatever that is, we can place that in a newspaper in a section where it might be more relevant to the desired demographic. So say for back to our example for the implants, you know, if we're looking at 45 to 65 year old uh, females, for example, maybe we are starting to post our advertisements in the home and garden section of the newspaper. Uh, if we're looking at doing you know, 45 to 65 year old male for this implant message, maybe the business section is relevant to them. I would imagine the sports section is also relevant to them as well, right? And these are just examples. I'm not promoting newspaper whatsoever, but what I am promoting is the idea that there is different media and that there is opportunities for you to have a focused message with a focused demographic and be able to reach these people, right? What's also nice about looking into these other media, such as the newspaper that we're talking about, is how many other people are utilizing that media, right? In fact, I would encourage you to grab a newspaper today and look and see who's advertising in the newspaper. Because back in the day, quote unquote, back in the day, back when I was a kid, uh, a ton of people used newspaper, and it was definitely uh, a red ocean where there was a ton of people that were advertising in there and it was just like a bunch of fish that are chumming and like, it's just highly competitive, but is it right now? Open up that newspaper and see, you know, what kind of dentists are advertising in the newspaper and what sections are they advertising in as well? And with, with what message, because that's the other thing as well. If you happen to find a dentist that's advertising in the newspaper, you know, what is their message? What's their desired demographic? And what section of the newspaper are they using? Cause it could be, that there's massive opportunity for you in other sections of that that newspaper. Or newspaper you may not not like newspaper whatsoever at all, right? But the idea is that we want to be looking in other areas where it could be underserved, right? It could be undervalued. Other people, because obviously the digital market is hot and it's sexy and everybody's in there and it's a red ocean. What I mean by that, it's like that's kind of a Russell Brunson term of, you know, we have this market, we have this pool where where people are doing business and competing. And, you know, when you first open this area or this niche, it's a blue ocean is what he calls that. And it's, that's where you're really able to, to get in there. You're able to dive in there. You're not competing with many people. You're able to swim freely and, and offer your services and wares to patients and customers and make a ton of money. But as you do that for a while, there's other people that catch on to that and it becomes a more competitive market. Right. And so that's when, becomes this feeding frenzy and that's when the blood starts churning right and imagine a bunch of piranha and that's when that becomes a red ocean right and that's when it's highly competitive and oftentimes that's when you have to you know drop price or add value or just go and find a new niche and that's that's where that comes from that the only reason i told you that is so that we're speaking the same language here and if you google uh red ocean russell brunson there's a, a much greater detailed story that will do a much greater Um, service than what I just did, but you got it right now. You kind of get the idea. And so the idea being is if you're going in the sports section and you're flipping through and there's absolutely no dentists that are advertising, this could be an opportunity for you to be the only dentist that advertises in the sporting section, right? And the newspaper can do you a, a very good job of identifying what demographics are most relevant to that section. So that you can tailor your message or that offering to that demographic, right? And you could be the one. This could be your blue ocean. You could be the one, one and only person that's doing that. Another media that used to be really important and really relevant years ago was the yellow pages. And obviously, in the last ten years, the yellow pages has become less and less relevant or less and less popular, uh, just because there's not many people that are using the Yellow Pages the way that our parents and our grandparents used to use it. Uh, Back in the old days, the Yellow Pages used to be a massive resource for people so that when people needed something commerce-related, they could go into the Yellow Pages, they could find the information that they were looking for, and then they could go and take action. So, for example, if I was looking for a dentist, I could open up the Yellow Pages And I could find a dentist in the Yellow Pages, and then I could pick up the phone and call and schedule an appointment, and that's how I would take action. Now, obviously, with less and less Yellow Pages just being out there and more and more people being able to access this information online, Yellow Pages is really much less relevant from what it used to be. And I'm not saying it's completely irrelevant, because I would imagine that if you walked into a retirement uh, center or an independent living scenario where there's tons of elder demographics, you might find yellow pages all over the place because that's a media that that they're comfortable using. And I go into great detail in my book as well as some of my other like blogs and podcasts. I did a bunch of research on where the wealth in our country resides and 80% of our wealth currently resides in our baby boomers and our, Silent generation, which is the generation that are the parents of the baby boomers, yet how much of our advertising dollars are going towards that demographic? Does that make sense? So we've got this massive resource. We have this massive demographic that has 80% of our wealth, yet we're not spending any money, any time, effort, or money to try and gravitate ourselves towards those patients or to have those patients gravitate towards us. Does that make sense? So the Yellow Pages could be an amazing example of how do we get this demographic to come in? And you may not choose to serve this demographic and that that would be your choice, but the reason I'm talking about this is just to plant that seed of looking at different media, looking at the different, different demographics that this could be relevant for, and then looking at the different messages that you could be sharing with these people, right? And again, Advertising doesn't cost you money. Yes, that pause is intentional. When done right, advertising does not cost you money. And I know a lot of people are cringing because a lot of you are are shackled by budgets or these single one-off practices see it as an expense up front. But let me walk through this with you really quick. Um, We have, well, we we recently did a direct mail piece for a dental service organization out of the Chicagoland area where... For every dollar that they invested in their advertising, it brought them back $8 return on investment immediately. But what it also brought them was a potential of $20 per patient based on the production that could be captured within the next 12 months. So after that 12 months, they were averaging... $15 to $18 return on investment for every dollar that they were spending. And this is per mailing. Does that make sense? So the reason I tell you this is that when done right, advertising is not costing you a single penny. In fact, what it's doing is it's bringing you much greater opportunity, right? And so the reason I tell you this is to create that opportunity for you to start measuring your return on investment and start understanding that when done right, this doesn't cost you a dime so that once you get your direct mail up and running, and if it's bringing you $8 for every $1, if it's bringing you, I know for most of our, our practices that we're working with, they're realizing a $4 to $5 return in the first month. So that means if you spent $2,000 on advertising for direct mail, you're getting back gross eight to $10,000 just in the first month. And, and think about that. Because in that first month, that's really just your hygiene appointment. That's the intro appointment. That Maybe it's a cavity. Maybe it's something. But really, that's just the first first month of the intro. And then at that point, that's when your production plan is created. And so it's that next three months that really ratchets up because that's when you're able to get people back on your schedule to come back in for the larger services, for the larger procedures that they need. And that's where you start to realize that 10 to $15 return on investment. And then, of course, over the 12 months, that's when you're going to get that $15 to $18 return on investment. Now, this is just direct mail, right? And so there's also similar metrics for you know, your Google Ads campaigns, right? There's also similar metrics for if you were doing newspaper. There's also comparable metrics if you're doing non-traditional out of home, right? And so the idea being is that we're not just spending a ton of money on advertising. What we're doing is we're priming the pump for more cash flow. Does that make sense? And so once you get your direct mail running properly and lean and mean, you leave it alone and just let it become this cash machine. I liken this to if you and I were in Vegas and I found a slot machine that was paying paying back $10 for every $1 you put in, guaranteed. If I could take you to that machine and you only had one time to sit down and do this, right, how much money would you bring to that machine? As much as possible, right? I mean, if this were guaranteed and you knew from from past success like this is going to happen, wouldn't you take out a second on your on your your house? wouldn't you go take out loans? wouldn't you borrow money from friends? Would't you bring as much money as possible to this machine so that you could get your ten to one and then obviously pay back everyone else right but then you're you're realizing that cash flow a and then the gross revenues uh are the cash flow, but then your net revenues afterwards, right. And so just imagine that cash flow, right? And this happens time and time again. But then when we come back with these amazing metrics, I can't tell you how many people are telling us, well, you know, that we've kind of tapped out our budget and we can't do any more. And it's just like, wow, it's so foreign to me that we've identified this machine, like in Vegas, that pays back 10 to 1, yet they just see this as a bump in cash flow and they don't reallocate that success back into the machine. Does that make sense? So that's kind of the idea is that you have this machine of, say, direct mail, for example. Once you find that 10 to 1 mix, pump as much money into it, right? Because that, that you know what that response is going to be. And then while you're doing that, then you can step over to your Google AdWords and then start crafting your message, crafting your experience, crafting that funnel page, making sure everything's working right. And then once you're starting to get that experience of your your 10 to, to 1, your 20 to 1, whatever that return on investment is, once you get that then leave it alone and pump a bunch of money into it. Then you can move on to your newspaper, right? Then you can move on to your yellow pages, right? And then there's a lot of different other media that we haven't even really talked about. But what I wanted to share with you is just to get you out of that mindset of one-dimensional, of digital marketing. So much of this is digital marketing. It wants you thinking about other types of media. Even if you think about them to, th- to think and realize that's completely not relevant for me. So I'm, as I'm recording this right now, I'm looking out on my office window and I'm, I'm looking at a billboard right non traditional or traditional out of home media that's another massive media that based on where that media is located you can really kind of target and hyper target certain types of demographics with obviously the message that you think would be most relevant to that demographic right but you may realize man, we're not that we're not looking to do billboards right or we're not looking to do you know, bus station advertising, or we're not looking at doing non-traditional out-of-home advertising placed in strategic areas, right? It's just, that's just not our thing. That's cool. If you, as long as you've given thought to it and you've considered it and you've considered who's looking at that media and you just don't have a product or service that's relevant to that media or, or to that demographic. And so it's having that bigger conversation and it's thinking outside of the box, right? And I hate to use that term because it was such an overused term, but it, it really is still relevant. Is I want you thinking about what are the best ways for you to share your message in the next blue ocean, right? How do you create that next blue ocean for yourself where, you know, maybe it is billboards right here in the Houston area. Uh, there is a company and I can't really divulge who they are, but they have this campaign that's uh, that's basically it's a picture of the dentist. And then it says, I make sexy teeth and It is. You could probably Google that and go find it out, but they're not a client of mine. Uh, Maybe someday they will be, right? And maybe they hear this and they'll be like, hey, Michael, that was cool. Thanks for mentioning us. But uh, I can't mention them by name because they're not a client. But what I see there is I look at that and go, wow, is that really a great media for them to be advertising on? But then out of the other side of my brain, I think nobody else is doing that. And so they've literally created their own blue ocean and at least they're creating brand awareness. And people are becoming familiar with that brand, right? And so whether it's the existing patients that are taking great comfort in the fact that, wow, that's my dentist. That is so cool. And they're telling their friends about that. Or it's new prospective patients that are like, oh, man, that's a great ad campaign or whatever that is. But no one else is doing it on billboards. And I think it's so great to see that because, again, it's a a message that's relevant to 100% of the people. Uh, Because everyone driving by it needs dental services, right? But whether that message is relevant to them or not, who knows? But the fact that they're trying that, I applaud their efforts and I love it. And at some point, uh, and especially after this podcast, I should probably get them on the phone and figure out, A, who's running that? And B, how's that return on investment? Because this might be a great message for you to try and apply in other markets, right? Because this is, uh, again, in the Houston market. But how many billboards are you seeing in LA? How many are you seeing in Portland, Oregon? How many are you seeing in Louisville, Kentucky, right? Right. And so i would imagine not a ton right and if you are how many other people are doing it right because here in, in the houston area i see one company that's doing it and they're killing it they're doing a great job now whether or not that that's equaling money for them who knows i i i don't i don't know that but i love the fact that they're doing it and action speaking stronger than words the fact that i've seen them up there more than one month means that it's probably working great otherwise they wouldn't be spending their spending their money on it right so, these are just some ideas uh, to plant the seed. Obviously, uh, I'll be following up with more detail. If you're looking for a little more detail and you're looking for, like, man, this was a great conversation, Michael. I really wish you could have dived in a little bit deeper. You know, go and buy my book. You know, go to Amazon.com or go to dentalmarketingblog.com. Uh, you can buy my book from, from there as well. And we'll get that out to you in the next. If you, if you go to Amazon, you'll have it within two days. Uh, if you have Amazon Kindle, you can download it right now. But I go into much greater detail as to the various different types of media, as well as the different demographics. And I even run through kind of some faux campaigns as to how and when you might use these media and to what extent. So I hope you enjoyed this. Again, this was kind of a high level talking about various different types of media on how to advertise and share your message for your practice. Uh, I love that you're listening right now and I'm very grateful for your listenership. And again, I'm always uh, looking for feedback as to how you receive this content. And maybe you've got a media that I didn't mention here that you're just killing it with and you would love to share with other people in non-competing markets so that they may be able to uh, benefit from that as well. So uh, have an amazing day and take care of yourself.